0: Here it is another day, another episode of Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright at 7 a.m. You're listening to Covenant Network, and I'm so happy to be with you this morning. It may be gloomy outside, but just knowing that you're there on the other end of this radio is all I need to warm my heart. And I don't really mean that this morning. I didn't want to get out of bed when I heard the rain, and then I thought, no, if I don't get out of bed, who's going to be there to be with you Then I got out of bed. It's pretty easy after that. Let's begin our morning in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it is, like I said, very good to be with you this morning, although I have to say there's something about a rainy morning. You you just wish you didn't have to get out of bed, right? You know, I love to just listen to the rain, and that's why I love... Our house, when we renovated our attic and we dormered up to make more bedrooms, uh, there's not much between the ceiling of our bedroom and the roof. There's insulation and there's, you know, about six inches of space. But if there's a good rainfall, you can hear it. And there, there is nothing that brings the, the peace of a good rainfall in the same way. I mean, there are things that bring peace. There are things that bring even more peace, especially prayer. But there's nothing like that. Today on the show, we're going to go on the road today to the University of Missouri, Columbia, also known affectionately as Mizzou, to visit with the Newman Center out there, and Father Andrew Auer, a priest of the Archdiocese of St. Louis, who has been assigned to the Newman Center at Mizzou. So that is what is on the docket this morning on Roadmap to Heaven. So let's go to Mike for our Saint of the Day.
1: This is the feast day of St. Ailby of Ireland, St. Guy of Albrecht, and it is also the feast day of the Most Holy Name of the Blessed Virgin Mary. This feast started in Spain in 1513. Then, in 1683, the King of Poland, John Sobieski, brought his army to Vienna to thwart an attack by the Muslims, an effort that succeeded after he entrusted himself to the name of the Blessed Virgin Mary, afterwards Pope Innocent XI extended this feast to the whole Church. We are blessed with so many shrines to the Blessed Mother in our area: the National Shrine of Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal in Perryville, Our Lady of the Snows, Our Lady of Starkenburg, the Shrine of the Black Madonna in Pacific, just to name a few. And of course, there are so many schools and parishes that carry her name. How seriously do we take this? Do we name our communities after her, or is she coming to us as she has in so many apparitions as she does every time we call her name? Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful ones as we thank the Lord for the gift of the Mother of Jesus and, drawing upon the divine praises, say, Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be the name of Mary, virgin and mother. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day.
0: Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Well, as you heard, we are on the road today in Columbia, Missouri, at the University of Missouri, Mizzou, at the St. Thomas More Newman Center. And who do we run into but a priest from the Archdiocese of St. Louis, not just where I call home, but a priest who grew up in the same home parish I did, Father Andrew Auer, native son of St. Francis of Assisi down there on Telegraph Road. Father, thanks for sitting down with us today.
2: This is awesome. Thanks so much for visiting, making the trek.
0: Yeah, you know, so every year when assignment changes come out, um, everybody thumbs through whatever their diocesan publication is. It says, all right, who's going where? And is, are we getting someone new? Do I know someone going somewhere? And of all the assignments, in this past summer was a lot of them in St. Louis. Yours stuck out because you were actually going outside of the diocese by geography, but with an assignment that is very relevant. To the diocese, So tell mm-hmm. us, wh- what
2: is your assignment right now? Beautiful. I'm the associate pastor at the St. Thomas More Newman Center, which is here on the University of Missouri campus. Um, this is the Diocese of Jefferson City. We have left beautiful the Archdiocese of St. Louis, the Diocese of Jefferson City, our brothers down the road. And so it's really a unique thing, unless you're going to the Archdiocese of Military Services, which we have a number of priests who have done that. We kind of stick to our guns in St. Louis. I pledged obedience to um, Archbishop Rozanski. I should be under his jurisdiction. But to your point, this is sort of a strategic move on behalf of the archdiocese to win and continue to capture the hearts of young people, especially many of our own, your sons, your grandsons, your granddaughters, your nieces, people that we know who come to school here at the University of Missouri, and there are many of them, and it's a real gift to serve them.
0: I think of every year when high school graduations come about and you see the the college swag, the shirts and bumper stickers and whatnot, there's no shortage of St. Louisans that go to Mizzou.
2: No, not at all. Exactly. And it's kind of becoming a, uh, this is is my second month here. It's becoming a, a mantra that I'm hearing out of people's mouths. So somebody comes from Texas and says, I don't realize... There's so many St. Louisans here or somebody's from Minnesota the say there's a lot of St. Louisans here, especially at Newman, this Catholic parish where you're being flocked by people who have gone to school, have grown up in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. And for these four years or more, um, they're in the Diocese of Jefferson City under the pastoral care here. So it was really a beautiful and thoughtful strategic move by Archbishop Rosansky and his team to say, "Okay, we have our own that are there. Let's send one of our priests to be there to serve them." So I'm not just here for the St. Louisans. I do. I am the associate pastor. I'm here to care for everybody here. But man, like, there's a lot of uh, our own wandering around.
0: Well, it's been a joy to meet some of our. Uh- Listeners from Columbia and Jefferson City and the western part of Covenant Network, who are very grateful for you being here and for all the great work happening here at the Newman Center. But I want to dive into something you said when we were at lunch earlier today. That uh, we all know the numbers. We know the importance of evangelization. We know how many young people are raised in Catholic households. They go to Catholic elementary school. They go to Catholic high school, and then sadly leave the faith. Um, mm-hmm. It's you know we we don't like to talk about it, but we need to talk about it. Yeah, and you have seen something very unique just in the short time you've been out here. That's that these lapsed Catholics Mm -hmm. come to a college campus and our Protestant brothers and sisters that are very good at evangelization within a month are recruiting them to be part of Bible studies.
2: It's a real disappointment. It's a real sadness, but it's a real reality too and without a doubt that's happening and there are tons of efforts from there are multiple Protestant groups around campus, all of whom have attractive advertisement. They're really good at hospitality. Um, they bend over backwards to care for you and they have big hearts, but I'm watching and I'm wa- literally watching it happen as I'm walk by or, or, or drive by that. You'll see a tent with a bunch of Protestants and it's like, I know some of those kids are Catholic and, um, They kind of get swept off into this space, or they join a fraternity or a sorority, and maybe there's one or two girls or guys in that group that say, hey, we're we're leading a Bible study at my church, why don't you come along? And they think, well, I believe in Christ, you know, I might as well go. And then a few months later, they're swept off into this Protestant group. And praise God, we need to be studying the scriptures. It's living and effective. But a lot of our St. Louisans, you know, they've, they've grown up going to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school, And I think in St. Louis, we really need to capture that evangelizing spirit. I remember visiting one of my best buddies, was the priest at Texas A&M University, and I went down, I've been down there the past three years. And I just remember reflecting, even amongst their Catholics, there's just this fire in the, the belly mentality about evangelizing, mostly because they've grown up around other Protestants who are doing it. So there's some like really phenomenal Catholics in the South who have like these super evangelizing tactics and, and and just hearts, really. But I think it's because they've grown up in this kind of competitive space of, well, if we don't retain or attract Catholics, the Presbyterians down the street are going to do it, or the Methodists, or the Baptists, or whomever else. And I think one of the things that um, really does not help us in St. Louis is being so culturally Catholic. We rest on our laurels. This is no longer the glory days. we got to go out and win some souls for Jesus. And um, that's what I'm hoping for here on this college campus is that whether they're Catholics now or maybe one day the Lord might call them to discern RCIA and becoming Catholic, we need to reach out and, and to love those well.
0: So let's talk about what we can do, and not just you here on this college campus, but for all of our listeners, whether they're in Missouri, Illinois, you know, because we're talking as far away as Terre Haute, Springfield, Peoria, and as Mm -hmm. we said, Columbia here, Jefferson City, down down in Cape. Uh, We've got two states worth of of listeners right now. What can we be doing maybe with our high school youth at the parish, knowing that not all of us are called to get involved hands-on, but Mm -hmm. we can all support something happening in our parish in some way, shape, or form.
2: Absolutely. First and foremost, you can't give what you don't have. St. Thomas Aquinas, you cannot give what you do not have. So if you want to give young people a life of devotion and prayer, you have to live it and model it yourself. I remember being in high school and going to daily mass um, at St. Francis, 6 a.m. in the morning, and thinking... Wow, there's nobody my age here, but these people seem to believe in what's happening here. So I'd show up because I know I'd see them every day and they were modeling it. And we never talked about it, but I saw it, you know, with my very eyes. And I believed in it. And I do lament the fact that nobody ever said to me, Hey, maybe you should think about being a priest or Hey, like, can we get you connected with the youth group or something like that? So I think we cannot give what we don't have. So we need to be ready to, as Saint Peter says in his writings, we need to be able to give a response. To those who ask for our hope you know like we need to be ready to offer something so um that's first and foremost to live a robust sacramental life to pray every day and then i think there's going to be opportunities that present themselves Um, i think a lot of people ask me well what can i do make yourself available and every parish has different needs Um, your pastor is probably overworked underpaid underappreciated you might just say hey father What can I help with, you know, and just give him a blank check, as it were. It's like, because a lot of us say, well, I want to help in this way and this way. Well, sometimes needs arise and we don't know exactly what they might be. So uh, maybe the priest back home can find a place to put you to say, like, this is one way you can serve. And it might stretch you. I think a lot lot of times we just want to work in our wheelhouse, but we need a lot of utility players right now um, to address the needs that are coming up.
0: Yeah, and and it's amazing to me how in the various seasons of life, that we all are in. There are mm-hmm. different things we can do. I remember a conversation we had with the parish youth minister right by our house. We said, listen, my wife and I, we met being volunteers in a youth ministry program. That's not the season we're in right now. We're the people, when you need the trays of brownies or the pizzas to show up, you call us. We're in the, we're in the pasta, pizza, brownie phase, season of life, that that's what we can contribute to the youth group so that you can say, hey, come to this Bible study. And by the way, we'll have pizza and pasta and brownies and, and whatever.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And food, you know, is so important. Um, I, I learned at lunch because I haven't been here for an exam season, but the parishioners who are here year round, they make heaps of food for everybody during exam season so that the students know they can come to the Newman Center and be refueled when they come here for mass or confessions or anything else. So, uh, food goes a long way without a doubt. But once again, um, the spirituality, I would say, in all of this is just a spirituality of um generosity. It's like, how can I be generous with the Lord in how I spend my time? And am I being stingy with the time that I'm giving to the Lord? And we just create habits that way, you know, for good or for ill. Um Am I generous with my time? Am I generous with uh, my pocketbook? Am I generous in responding to the Lord? Or do I keep holding back? And I think we're in a season, a space where we haven't seen like radical generosity or even sacrificial generosity. And I'm really not talking about money. It's just with which how I respond to the Lord or don't. And um, I find that kind of to be a spiritual um, sickness a little bit. Like, What does it look like for me to really hand over what the Lord's already given me?
0: We've talked about many things, but I want, I want to end with hope here, because this is, this is where, especially our college students, having, Mm -hmm. having been to the SEAT conference last year for the first time and seeing the great work that's happening at Newman centers all around the country with uh, priests such as yourself and the pastor here. is the thirst that the young Catholics who are engaged in the life of the church, they're, they're not looking for a basic Catholicism or a simple Catholicism. They want to be called to sainthood with the intensity that some of our great saints have preached over the two millennia of the church. I mean, this is not uh, Catholicism for the weak of heart on these college campuses with these
2: students. Oh, absolutely. And there's tons of hope because they're seeking, and I love that, and even the SEEK conference itself it comes from the question that Jesus asked the first disciples on the shore of the sea of Galilee. What are you looking for? What are you seeking? And this is such a pivotal age in the life of the church, 18 to 22 years old. You are seeking meaning you're seeking purpose. You're seeking where I fit into the world now that I'm no longer in mom and dad's nest. And so there's just this constant hunger and they'll look to trusted mentors like myself, like yourself like people who are here on our campus they're going to look to their professors they're going to look to their older brother in the fraternity, their older sister in the sorority and there's a real hope that I have because they are seeking like the big questions, the big answers and so I love being here Um, they want to be saints they push me a ton there's not a day that goes by where I don't walk past our chapel here and there's two or three students in there praying silently nobody else has to know it They're praying a holy hour, and I think, well, have I given time to the Lord today? You know, it's a challenging thing. I see the kids around campus praying the rosary. It's like there's a real movement here to be invested in what the Lord's doing in their life, and that it just fills me with an abundance of hope. And ultimately, and this is for me returning one day to the Archdiocese of St. Louis, I hope that our parishioners back home We'll get to meet these students, that they'll be contributing members of their parish, that they'll work in our schools, that they'll work in our hospitals, and they'll be ready to go when they return. That's the hope.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And I was thinking earlier today when I had the fortune of attending daily mass here on a Tuesday, you know, Mm -hmm. and there were a ton of students Mm -hmm. at noon mass. And I remember my college days. It's like there's any number of places I wanted to be at 12 o'clock noon that were not mass. And I was on a Catholic campus. We had mm-hmm. new mass. I was mm-hmm. never there. Great reasons to hope. But then getting to meet some of them also realizing these are the kinds of students that if you said, Hey, let's do a fast this week for this intention, you know,
2: they'd be all in. They'd be like, Yeah, let's do that. Oh, the very totally. impressive
0: young men and women.
2: Oh yeah. They're all about it. And they love a good challenge too. They want to grow in prayer, they want to be challenged, and they want to be together in the midst of it all. And the community aspect is what they come for, and ultimately that's what the life of heaven's going to be. And I just, I glory in the day that we all get to rejoice with the Lord in heaven. And um, these students in particular just capture a big piece of my heart, and it gives me tons of hope.
0: Well, Father, it has been absolutely a joy to be out here at the Newman Center today. Can we close out with a prayer for these students and for our young listeners?
2: That'd be amazing. Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, you are so good to us. We give you thanks and praise for the ways that you work in our lives. Lord, we're sorry for the times that we've turned away from you or haven't responded. And we just want to continue to be generous. Lord, I ask a special blessing upon all of our listeners, especially our young listeners who are asking the big questions. Jesus, fill the gap wherever it is that they need to hear your voice, to surrender to you, to trust you more, and to love you more deeply. Lord, we want to love you. We want to treasure you more and more. We ask that you be with us this day to guide us, to direct us, and to lead us closer to your most sacred heart. We make this prayer in your most holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen. Father Andrew Auer, thank you so much again for being with us. This wraps up our time here out at Mizzou and through the wonders of technology. When we come back from this break, I'll be back in the studio and we'll have the close of our show for you. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. This week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, Patty Schneier is reflecting upon St. John Chrysostom. And here we are on Tuesday. Patty, I look forward to our encouragement today.
3: Well, St. John Chrysostom, his feast day is September 13th. And if you missed yesterday, it's really I chose it because my birthday is September 13th. I was born on his feast day. And when I, at 38, when I first discovered him, I had no idea who he was. So let me give you all a little bit of history. Today we're going to unpack who is this guy? Who is St. John Chrysostom? He was the son of a Latin father and a Greek mother. He first became a monk hermit living in a cave studying scriptures. But his health broke under this regimen, and he returned to Antioch. He was from Antioch, where he was ordained a priest. For 12 years, he electrified Antioch with his fiery sermons. Some of them lasted Two hours. Can you imagine if we went to Mass and the sermon lasted two hours today? Anyway, he had two-hour sermons, and he received the nickname Chrysostom, which means golden mouth. In the year 398, he was consecrated bishop of Constantinople, but he found himself in a total mess of politics, fraud, and extravagant living. So he curbed expenses, gave to the poor, built hospitals, reformed the clergy, and he restored monastic discipline. Now, his reforms earned him criticism, of course, from the empress, and he was exiled in the year 404. He died in exile in the year 407. His last words were... Glory to God for all things. Maybe that's what we need to say today. Glory to God for all things. Can you mean that and say it from your heart with whatever is going on in your life? Whatever injustice you might be suffering, whatever pain or rejection, whatever changes or difficult circumstances that you face right now. Let's think of St. John Chrysostom today in his exile and let's whisper Glory to God for all things as you go about your day today.
0: What a beautiful prayer to pray as we go about our day today. Patty, thank you for this daily dose of encouragement. As we wrap things up today, I am thinking about a lot of things. And one I'd like to share with you is just in response to the words we heard from Father Schneier earlier in the show for our Podcast listeners who don't get to hear the homilies, he was giving a homily on how every one of us in our vocation have an opportunity to die to self. And, you know, every morning I go through a couple of news feeds and social media feeds just to see if there's anything of importance that I might need to mention on the show. You never know what's going to happen out there. But today I saw a picture from September 11th, 2001, and it's a picture of first responders carrying out the body of deceased New York Fire Department chaplain, Father Michael Judge, a Roman Catholic priest who, um, according to the Post, was the first recorded casualty on the morning of 9-11 saying he had gone through the burning towers and blessed firefighters, hearing their last confessions and losing his life in the process. And again, that that question of willingness to lay down your life. Now, um, as we've heard before, it's not always going to be actual physical death. I mean, I, I doubt very many of us are going to be called to be To face the red martyrdom, as they say. But what about that white martyrdom of dying to self every day, um, standing up for our faith? You know, a great witness to the world. I was having a conversation with uh, Gabe Jones, who's been on the Roadmap Roundup before. And uh, I was having a conversation with him last night. And we kept coming back to an important thing that, first and foremost, we have to live out our vocations in our home. If we want to see change in the culture, if we want to see change in the world, we have to start by living out our vocations in the home. So those of you who are spouses, you have to endeavor every day to be the spouse God is calling you to be, to do his will through your vocation. I love that prayer that was shared with us early on in the first year of the show. Lord, how are you calling me to live my vocation today? Uh, for those of you who are parents, you have a sacred duty to raise your children right, to be their first formators, to be the ones that teach them right and wrong, that teach them the faith. And with the grace of God, you can do it. You can be an instrument in god's hand to teach them goodness beauty and truth Um, but each and every one of us in our particular vocations and then even in our jobs and what we do out there in the world we have an opportunity to live out truth and to live out faith but it all starts in the home one of the things that really helps us with that is attachment to the sacraments not just because well you know in the first three commandments, we hear, I am the Lord your God. have no other gods beside me. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy and do not take the Lord's name in vain. And I messed up the order of those last two. I realize that. But because we love him, because we love him, we're going to go to him asking for that grace, being nourished by his gift of self in the Eucharist, but then also availing ourselves of sacramental confession on a regular basis. And that's, you know, that's part of keeping your house in order is keeping your soul in order And uh, the only one that can do that for you is God. You have to go to him in the sacraments. It's one of the reasons I love, and I know we're already past the first Saturday of the month. We're almost halfway through the month of September. But it's one of the reasons I love that devotion. It's just a great reminder for us to make a regular confession. Now, maybe you missed confession on the first Saturday of the month of September. Well, you know what? There's plenty of opportunities to go to confession this week. Don't fret. Don't be worried about it. Don't be downtrodden. But don't delay either if it's been a while since you've made a good confession. Especially if you're in a state of grave sin. Because that's not the kind of death you want to live out in your vocation. That's a spiritual death. And that is not good. If you die in a state of grave sin, then you don't go to heaven. And you want to be a saint, and I want you to be a saint. So, especially if you're in a state of grave sin, get to confession as soon as you can. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end, amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We've got some great things in store for the rest of this week. Uh, Tomorrow, I believe, Father Jeffrey Kirby is going to be with us on the show. And then Thursday, Father Skillman's back with us. And, well, Friday, you'll just have to tune in and find out. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today.